Today's advanced training. So, today I want to talk about major leadership attributes. Major leadership attributes. Uh, this is a training that I pulled from Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, I, I believe just a couple weeks ago I trained on, a, on another Napoleon Hill uh, topic. Um, if you're reading any self-development books, anything to make yourself get better, uh, they should be uh, at least citing Napoleon Hill in the bibliography in the back of the book. Uh, Napoleon Hill, the story behind Napoleon Hill is uh, he, uh, he was tasked by Andrew Carnegie uh, to basically uh, write about how Andrew Carnegie uh, saw the success he saw. I mean, a Andrew in the early 1900s sold out his company, uh, was a net worth of seven or eight hundred million dollars uh, back in the early 1900s, which would still put him as the richest man in the world today. Um, uh, even even today, so uh, it, it's it's crazy uh, what went down. But uh, so Napoleon Hill interviewed Andrew Carnegie, uh, and also then extended and expanded beyond Andrew Carnegie to talk to other titans of industry and find out what they did for success. And from that came volumes and volumes and volumes of books. One of the most notable is Think and Grow Rich. If this is not a book you've read yet, you should read it. Um, it uh, it's one of my annual reads. I read it every year. And uh, people ask me a lot of times about that. Fitz, why, why do you read the same, you know, the same books every year? Okay, I don't read the same books every year. I read about 100 books a year, and there's maybe 10 that I'll read every year. So I read 100 books a year. 10 of those I read every year. And every time I read Think and Grow Rich, I'm in a different place, and it says different things to me. Uh, and so it's uh, like um, if, you've, if you've not read the book, there's a chapter entitled Sexual Transmutation. I remember the first time I read this book was in college. I was like, skip. Like, I don't even want to read anything. That doesn't sound good. Uh, I want to skip that chapter. For a couple of years, I skipped that chapter. Uh, it's, it, it talks about some really powerful things in this book, and I, I can't encourage you enough to read it. Uh, all these other self-development books are, are largely based on uh, the things that Napoleon Hill writes about. So uh, avail yourself of the information. But in the book, he has a, a, a section called Major Leadership Attributes. And uh, I decided a couple of weeks ago that today I was going to teach on this uh, in our Tuesday morning call. And, um, and actually, uh, just in the last couple of days, I feel like um, I've been hit by different, from different directions. Uh, people I've heard speak, um, uh, conversations I've had, books that I'm reading, um, and, and from podcasts. And again, podcasts hitting me this morning. Uh, right between the eyes, and I, as I'm listening to my podcast this morning on the treadmill, I was knowing that I was about to teach this, and I was like, oh, this is good material, so I hope it all comes out, because it just reiterated that, that we needed to talk about this today. So major leadership attributes. These are attributes that, that leadership uh, should have. Number one, unwavering courage. <laughs> we just talked about this. Unwavering courage, based upon knowledge of self and of one's occupation. No follower wishes to be dominated by a leader who lacks self-confidence and courage. No intelligent follower will be dominated by such a leader for very long. Unwavering courage. So I, I don't know who originally said the quote. In my mind, I've always attributed it to General George S. Patton. Uh, but that courage is not the absence of fear. It's acting in spite of the fear. That's what courage is. 
Uh, we're right now, and in, in, in the filming of this, and as you, if you're listening to it live, you know we're in 2020. I, don't, I mean, if you're watching this video five years from now, uh, it's probably still a story. Uh, but the, the nation has been shut down uh, by a pandemic, and then uh, by by craziness just happening in the world right now. And and I don't know. I, I like to think that we're all becoming better because of everything that's happening right now. But uh, what our nation and our world needs more than anything right now is leadership to lead through the situation, not to point and say, you do this and you do this, but to lead them through it. I was having a conversation yesterday with some leaders and, and I said, and, and they were describing the things they're doing to get a new agent started. I said, yes, 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 yes. That is leadership. You don't have a baby and say, now fix yourself a bottle. Like that, that's, that's not leadership. That's, that's, dominating that's you know that's that's being dominated by a leader a leader is going to fix the bottle for you until you can fix it for yourself and then the leader is going to let you do that right so unwavering courage is in the midst of everything going on in the world today continuing to keep your focus on the prize on the other side of the of the trouble and what you're going to do if you're leading like that you're going to inspire the people following behind you nobody wants to follow somebody who's weak I've told this story before, um, but I, I, uh, I, I, Heather told me this story. My wife told me this story. And I, I've said it before. If you've heard it before, I'm sorry. It's just, it's a really good story about me. And uh, <laughs> so I have to share it because it's about me, but it didn't come from me. Anyway, um, so uh, my, uh, my 11-year-old, uh, I like reading with him. He, uh, he enjoys when I read to him. And so at night, and we every other night, I put him to bed because... Uh, I put the boys to bed one night, Heather puts the, uh, the daughter to bed, and then we switch the next night. Uh, but when I'm putting them to bed, there's always a book that we're reading, and I read a couple of chapters, and then everybody goes to sleep. One night, Heather's putting him to bed, and she's like, well, do you want me to read the book that Dad's been working through? He said, no, that's that Dad. I want Dad to read that book. She said, why, why, are you, why do you need Dad reading this book to you? And he said, Mom, like Dad's, Dad's funny, and he's fun to be around, and... But at the same time, Mom, Dad's an alpha. Now, my kids have been playing Fortnite lately, and so I, I guess that's like a thing they learn on top of all these stupid dances they've learned. Um, but she told me that, and I was like, that's who I wanted to be. My whole life was funny but an alpha. And, and my kids have no doubt that I'm going to protect them. And, and here's a story that, that we all still remember. <clears throat> my 11-year-old at the time was maybe seven. And he was playing recreation soccer. You know, nothing super competitive. It's just recreation soccer. Uh, and there was a parent, apparently, on the other team that was saying mean things to my seven-year-old. I didn't hear it. I didn't know it during the game. We get in the car, and he starts crying. And, and I think they had lost, maybe. I don't know. But you know, it, it's not un uncommon after a game for one of my kids to be crying. Uh, we're super competitive in our household. And, and so we're like, what's wrong, buddy? What's, he said, well, did you hear that other parent saying those mean things to me? I was like, who? I mean, I was, yeah, who? Like, show me. You point out that guy. What are you going to do, Dad? I'm going to go explain to him how to talk to somebody his age and not a seven-year-old like that. Like, I'm going to explain to him how inappropriate what he did is. See, I may have been going out there, stepping up against a guy who's 6'5", 300 pounds, and bench presses me regularly. But, but I wasn't scared of that. I was defending my son. Does that make sense? That's what followers want, is a leader who can lead like that. And if you don't know how to do that, it's just a simple decision. The decision is, I'm not going to be overwhelmed by the circumstances. 
I'm going to push through the circumstances instead. Yes, the current situation sucks. The, um, uh, the, the military has a, a couple of sayings about that. You can Google them, uh, FUBAR and SNAFU. And, you know, look, look those up. They're not foreign words. They're, they're acronyms. Uh, but there's like situation normal, all messed up. That would be SNAFU. Like that's in spite of that, you act anyway and complete the mission. That's unwavering courage, and that's what we need more of. Sorry, soapbox. I'll, j- I'll get back off. Number two, self-control. The man who cannot control himself can never control others. Self-control sets a mighty example for one's followers, which the more intelligent will emulate. I, did, I didn't write this. I, I, listen, I copied and pasted from Napoleon Hill. Um, it's his words, my commentary on his words. But I've seen so many people who lack self-control. Now, listen, I don't know anybody in my life who 100% is completely self-controlled. Like, we, we all have our weaknesses. Like, we, there's always, like, I know this guy who's, like, super fit, and then secretly at night, he'll, he'll down a whole bag of Oreo cookies. Like, he's, and, and I found this out on vacation with him one time. He was discovered at 3 a.m. eating them. And, and you go, but you're so disciplined. You're so self-controlled. He's like, I know. <laughs> you know like, I can't stop. I don't know anybody that's got this 100% licked. We're always all fighting it, right? But I've seen people who lack self-control to the point of they lose everything because of their lack of self-control. And that's where it's a problem is when you can't control, I've, I, listen, I know people who, who uh, they can't control their spending habits. I know people who can't control their drinking habits. I know people who can't control their sexual habits. I know people who can't control their time habits. There's, there's all these things that people lack self-control over. And listen, if you, if you let that defeat you, people won't follow you. But if you maintain that self-control, what you'll start to see is people following you will do the same thing. They'll follow behind you doing the same thing. That's what I'm hoping in everything I'm doing. That's what I'm hoping my kids will do is I want to live the life worth duplicating. So the the self-control issues I've got in my life, exercise and eating are always been the biggest ones for me. It's been a struggle like since I've been an adult and but but right now I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a move right now. I got several months now, almost a year now, just solidly working out and eating right and all sorts of stuff like that. I hope my kids see that and develop those same habits. That's one of the things I'm thinking about. I, I think about that like when I'm working here at the office every day. I think I wish my agents could see this because I want them to duplicate. Now you can't say that if you don't have self-control. But I do. I have time management. I wish nothing more than for our agents to duplicate my time management. I want to set that example that's worth duplicating. That's how I think. I think like there's always a camera watching me and and somebody's learning about my habits by watching me. So I've got to do, I've got to perform so they know what to do. I'll move on. There's 11 of these. We're going to get through them quickly. Number three, a keen sense of justice. Without a sense of fairness and justice, no leader can command and retain the respect of his followers. <sighs> There's no gray areas, okay? It's either this way or that way. There's nothing really in the middle. Um, and, and if your sense of justice, if the needle is constantly moving, it's really hard for people to trust you. And if they can't trust you, they're not going to follow you. It's not super complicated. 
a keen sense of justice. Without a sense of fairness and justice, no leader can command and retain the respect of his followers. You, of his followers, you need to plant. You need to be the standard bearer. I hear my wife use those words a lot. Standard bearer. That's that's setting the example. Like I, I'm this. <laughs> th- there are rights and there are wrongs, and you can't argue those. <laughs> and it's like, well, there's no absolute truth. I've heard people say. Well, then that's not true. <laughs> that's the beauty of your words. Is sometimes they come back to bite you. Uh, there is absolute truth. <laughs> there has to be. And, and so you, you need to figure that out. Maybe you weren't raised by parents who have a real clear moral compass. Well, you need to be around others who do, and maybe it'll rub off on you. Because if you're going to lead, that's important. Number four, definiteness of decision. Y'all good? Yes. Okay. It's a lot less distracting in the, in the room when y'all aren't here. <laughs> Okay, let's get with my fly down. Okay, (laughs) I've done this presentation before with my fly down. That's not embarrassing to me at all. Number four, definiteness of decision. (laughs) Definiteness of decision. The man who wavers in his decision shows that he is not sure of himself, cannot lead others successfully. The man who wavers in his decision. Okay, man, non-gender specific. Don't get hung up on that word. But who wavers in his decisions. nobody, Nobody likes to follow somebody that they're not sure where they're going. It's, 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 I'm, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. No, 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 now I'm going to do this. No, 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 I'm going to do this. No, 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 I'm going to, it's, it's, uh, it's like ping pong uh, as a follower. You, you, you just don't know where to watch, where to follow, what to do. Like, listen, I've made so many decisions that were wrong, but, but because I made the decision, I was definite and I moved forward with that decision. Because I did that, I was able to learn from the mistake faster and change course. But it wasn't a constantly wavering back and forth on the course because you never actually get to where you want to go if you don't stay on the path. You've got to make that decision and go. And I'm telling you, people like that. People, they, they find comfort in a leader who doesn't lack in decision making. Number five definiteness of plans the successful leader must plan his work and work his plan a leader who moves by guesswork without practical definite plans is comparable to a ship without a rudder sooner or later he will land on the rocks definiteness of plans uh one of the teachings i like to do is is talking about jim collins book good to great and talking about flywheel doom loop and 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 how that creates positive or negative momentum whatever the case may be well the way you stay in negative momentum is when you get disappointing results is reacting without understanding. And I'm in this stage right now in my life. I just feel like I keep pointing out things that are doom loop, <laughs> doom loop. That's doom loop. That's do- because it's people reacting without understanding. And, and I made this comment just a few weeks ago on a training that that in, in, the, in the pandemic situation we're in right now, there are lots of people who are getting tossed around by the waves because because they don't have a definiteness of plan because they're not clear on what they're supposed to be doing right now at this very moment what are you supposed to be doing like i'm really clear that right now i'm supposed to be teaching this and when i'm done with this i'm supposed to eat lunch and then i've got a like i i have a definite plan and i have a definite plan for today i've got a definite plan for this week for this month for this year do things change yes but when you have a definite plan when the environment around you hits you it doesn't move you because you know where you're going and that's that's huge it's so important Number six, the habit of doing more than paid for. One of the penalties of leadership is the necessity of willingness upon the part of the leader to do more than he requires of his followers. Something a a mentor said to me maybe 25 years ago, 
But everything you do as a leader needs to be, you can measure it by LTD. Is it learnable? What you're doing, is it learnable? The people following you, can they learn it? Uh, people following you, T is teachable. People that are following you, can they teach others this thing that you're doing? Or, or is it only, only you can do it? And then duplicable. Duplicatable is not actually a word that we say it a lot. The word is duplicable. Um, is what you're doing, can it be duplicated? Can, can they do what you're doing and get the same results? A leadership principle is this. You shouldn't teach people to do something that you've never done or aren't willing to do. <laughs> that, that just shouldn't be taught. It, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be coached. And my dad told me, I remember as a kid, like, son, you get the promotion after you do the work. You don't, you don't get the promotion and then do the work. No boss is ever going to promote you and then expect you to, to then complete the work. You have to do the work before you get paid for it. That set me up to be a commission-only person. <laughs> I didn't even know it. But he totally set me up to be commission-only because you've got to do the work before you get paid. Just that simple. Number seven. Oh, and, and interesting story. The, the habit of doing more than pay for. I mean, we talk about that extra mile. And there's very little traffic on the extra mile. Do you know where the phrase the extra mile comes from? So uh, in the early uh, double-digit years, the early, like first century, uh, during the, the Roman Empire, it was, um, it was uh, routine that if a Roman came upon uh, someone of, of Jewish ancestry, that uh, the, the, the Jewish person had to carry their gear for a mile. It was, it was law. They had to do it. And um, the extra mile came from the first mile I did it because I had to. The extra mile I did it to serve you. And it threw the Romans off when they were like, okay, they had to, they had to do the first mile, but the second mile they did it because they wanted to. It messed with their minds. That's where that extra mile comes from. The extra mile messes with the mind of the enemy. Because they're like, they did that first part because they had to. Now they're doing that next part because they want to. You can't fight that. As an enemy, you can't come against that. When somebody is willing to go that extra mile, carry that burden for an extra mile because they just wanted to serve you. God, how do you fight it? Number seven, a pleasing personality. No slovenly. I, this is a word we don't use enough in our society today. <laughs> Do you ever look at somebody and go, they're slovenly? <laughs> I think we should start saying that rather than they look like a bum. Uh, say slovenly. No slovenly, careless person can become a successful leader. Leadership calls for respect. Followers will not respect a leader who does not grade high on all factors of a pleasing personality. If people like you, they'll listen to you. If you don't have a pleasing personality, people aren't going to like you. If you turn around and nobody's following you, you have to ask, am I likable? Do I have a pleasing personality? Or do I always say everything that comes into my mind? <laughs> Having a pleasing personality means you usually filter a lot of that stuff out. Just that simple. Um, have a pleasing personality. And personality uh, often starts, a lot of people don't even think about this, but a personality often starts with how you carry yourself. You know, do you, I'm not saying you got to, you know, go to Neiman Marcus and pay way too much for stuff. Like, but do you, do you dress okay? Like, because people judge you before you even, uh, before you even open your mouth. They're going to see that. I mean, I walked in this morning, I was like, ah, crap. I forgot that, I mean, I was sitting at the stoplight there and I saw cars here who aren't normally here. I was like, I forgot we're reopening the office. I'm in shorts. It's so stupid. I, like, to me, it's important that I'm not in shorts in front of people that are coming to the meeting. Though we're in a new normal, maybe that's the new normal uh, as we just wear shorts. But, like, I, that's, 
it's important to me because people will perceive your personality even before you open your mouth. Uh, it's a real thing. Some people think it's like, eh, weird, but it's a real thing that we all carry an energy and people pick up on that energy before you even talk. So if your energy, if you have a good positive vibe going on about you, then, then it's going to show. Like, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Well, I always think, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. <laughs> like, it's okay to smile. I was watching one of my videos the other day. I was like, man, I think during my videos, I furrow my brow too much. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just intense about my point. Like, I need to do more of this and raise my eyebrows more. Because I need to smile. Like, smile. Like, people pick up on that. And nobody wants to be around a jerk all the time. Nobody wants to be around a jerk. I don't want to cuss, but you know the words. Nobody wants to be around that stuff. Number eight, sympathy and understanding. The successful leader must be in sympathy with his followers. Moreover, he must understand them and their problems. The successful leader must be in sympathy with his followers. Moreover, he must understand them and their problems. There's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, and and I, I, whenever I read the dictionary about it, there's, there's uh, definite definitions. Uh, and then I hear speakers and they twist the definitions. Here's, I'll take away sympathy and empathy and just say, listen, I need to, I need to understand what people are going through, and, and, and I need to help them walk through it and lead them through it, but I don't need to put it on my shoulders and carry it as my burden on top of all the other stuff I've got. Because we all have a limited capacity on what we can carry. And if I'm carrying all my problems... And all of yours, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours. You eventually just get dragged down to the ground, and you're no good to anybody. So it's important that you understand what people are going through, and that you're helping walk them through. And you, listen, show compassion. Show, show that you care. It, it's okay that you, you know, you don't always, leaders, you don't always have to teach your people. Sometimes you just need to stop and pray with them for a second. It doesn't have to be like one of these long-winded, you know, TV evangelist prayers. Just be genuine and sincere. Well, right like just just show you care and lead them through it it doesn't have to be any big deal but don't take on their burdens and I, as a leader i'm telling you it's hard I, I i i it's all i can do to handle my own stuff but <laughs> i often take on other people's stuff and i have to remind myself it's not mine to carry it's not mine to carry i'm just here to help them through it number nine mastery of detail successful leadership calls for mastery of the details of the leader's position uh there's there's a a, a a common thought process that um, I need to work on my strengths and uh, ignore my weaknesses. There's, there's that thought process. Why would I try to improve my weaknesses? I need to just really get really good at my strengths. Well, you need to think of a bigger picture because uh, golf is Tiger Woods' strength, right? His weakness may be basketball. So he's not going to work on basketball. He's going to work on golf. But a lot of people take that too seriously, and they say, well, in golf, his strength is driving and his weakness is putting. So he shouldn't work on his putting. He should only focus on his, his driving. And that's not true. That's, that's not his strength is golf. It's bigger picture. If your strength, if, 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 if you are a leader, you need to be a master of the details of what that entails. Number 10, willingness to assume full responsibility. Oh. A successful leader must be willing to assume responsibility for the mistakes and the shortcomings of his followers. If he tries to shift this responsibility, he will not remain the leader. If one of his followers makes a mistake and shows himself incompetent, the leader must consider that it is he who failed. I'm not going to jump off the deep end of politics because it's really hard to pinpoint one person that's jacked up. 
Um, <laughs> we've, we've had several decades of really messed up leadership in this country. Decades. It's not a new thing, right? So when I look at this, I think, and I've, I used to say all the time, and now I try not to say it as much anymore, but the, the biggest problem we have in our country today is leaders who are unwilling to assume responsibility. That's my fault. When's the last time you heard a leader say that? And isn't it refreshing when you do? Yeah, I messed that up. I'm <laughs> sorry. And, and, and inevitably, you're going to have the social media and the press and all this stuff that just like mock him for you know, him. I say him, her, the leader. Mock that person for whatever they came out and said, admitted they did wrong. But, but me as a follower, I want my leader to admit when they're wrong. Because nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Just admit it when you do. We can move past it and, and go. So you must be, look, if somebody screws up here, I take responsibility for it. Sometimes I have to financially take responsibility for it. And I'm like, this is not even my fault. It makes me so mad when I have to take responsibility for things that aren't my fault. But that's part of being a leader because it happened on your watch. If you're in the Navy and you're driving a big old boat, a ship, they hate when you call it boat. When you're driving a ship, right, and if you run into ground, even if you're sleeping, if you run that thing around, you as the captain of the ship are the one that's held responsible for that. Even if you were in bed, you didn't have anything to do with it. It's still your fault. Number 11, cooperation. The successful leader must understand and apply the principle of cooperative effort and be able to induce his followers to do the same. Leadership calls for power and power calls for cooperation. dictatorships don't last long they all eventually fall apart if you are going to lead you must get people to cooperate they have to cooperate one of the things i love about our culture and i say it all the time is we have a culture of cooperation with competition we're all competitive most of us who are in this business are are highly type a some are just mildly type a but <laughs> we all want to go out there and 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 chunk that spear and and kill that kill and drag it home and eat it like we we have that in us and we want to do it better than anybody else but that's not how we play the game here there's no glory in winning the race when the other person was running with a broken leg there's no glory if you win that race so we want everybody operating at their absolute best and then we want to outwork you that's the game. So it, it has to be cooperation. You, you, you are not, you're not going to win with your team if you don't inspire that trait. So 11 major leadership attributes as told by Napoleon Hill. Hope that helps. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.